I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. This is Amy and April. If you're new, and a lot of you aren't, I wonder, I'm pretty sure we have a ton of repeat people, which is great. That means you love us. And a lot of people are, are telling us that I tell all my friends, I tell my coworkers, I tell my mom. I'm, I tell my grandma. I'm loving that. I'm yeah. just loving that. Keep I tell my grandma. Thank you. Keep on spreading Although the good grandma's word. like, what? Why? What is a podcast? Yeah. I was sitting next to someone at the airport yesterday in Chicago coming back, uh, flying back to San Jose. This um, person is was like 66, I think he said, and uh, never been married, never had kids. And I'm like, do you listen to podcasts? And he, because he was talking about his dating um, experiences, which were really funny. And uh, he then started hitting on me. And I was like, well, here you go. Now you can know all about me. And I'm partnered. Yeah. But uh, this is your best. He's like, I'm going to start listening to podcasts. So I got asked a new listener yesterday. Nice. Well, hey, <laughs> Organic you, way. I mean, if you're listening right now, you hit on April in the airport. <laughs> he bought me some wine. Nice. You get, you, people buy you wine often in the airport. I'm pretty sure you just wanted me to hang out longer because I was about to go and it was a $27 glass of wine. So I was like, well, yeah, that's yeah. on you. Cool. All right. <laughs> I wonder how many people would hit on you and then you tell them about the podcast and then they actually listen if they would actually pursue you after or how many with the likelihood of them actually being somewhat intimidated. Because that is something mm. that comes up with at least for, for me in, in the dating world in the past is that folks have been intimidated about what I do because they think I'm into everything and I must be so experienced and so wild and crazy, poly, queer, kinky, all the things. And and in the and you know, takes and then some folks are really into it. But I wonder if that person now would still hit you up and be like, So hey, how about that day? That would show confidence. I feel like this particular person probably would. He had a lot of confidence. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was do you think it was the wine? He was drinking beer. It was a beer. It was a beer. <laughs> Chicago. Beer. Why not? Okay, so um, everyone, this episode is from the satisfied mama herself, Dana B. Myers. She's also owner of Booty Parlor. This is for all the mamas, the mamas to be. This is coming out actually before Mother's Day. Uh, oh, nice. Mother's Day. When from the release day of this episode, Mother's Day will be in two weeks. Uh, so that's why we chose the timing for this uh, this episode for y'alls. Um, and for Mother's Day, well, what are some good gift ideas for mom? Let's Ooh. see. What about OMGS for mom or... That is a good idea, OMGS. I have an idea because you actually talked about giving that to your, your mom, having your mom watch it. We were talking about yeah. it when we were in Hawaii with our moms, actually. My mom has definitely already watched it. But if you're a partner of someone, 
who uh, is a vulva owner or maybe a mom or a mom-to-be. Maybe you get OMGS for the two of you. You watch together and then you try some techniques that you learn to pamper their body, this mama-to-be, this lovely vulva owner that you admire so much, uh, with the new techniques that you learn. Um, Or you can just gift it to someone. It's a wonderful program. It's all about sexual pleasure. I should give it to my grandma because she, my grandfather died a year and a half ago and I bet she's not... Getting in touch with herself. And she's a grandma. And she's on her iPad all the time. Oh, she. So. And she could do the. It has the modules. We She'll love that. The touch techniques with her finger. Oh, my God. And they came out with season two, which yes. I started watching at the airport the other day. Yep. That was funny. Yeah. Because people around me were like, Burr. Yeah. But it's so tasteful that it it's looks. Well done. It looks like I was watching uh, a, a beautiful docuseries. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like porn at all it looks great yeah it's really really well done season one's all about external vulva pleasure season two's internal pleasure g-spot etc uh and it's all about these really tasteful videos that with real humans that are saying this is the pleasure that i have this is how i learned to have it and these are the techniques that i use to um to have my orgasms or my pleasure and then you get to watch and learn and try things at home or on partners and expand the menu for even more orgasms or more connection or more juiciness um, to learn more, go to omgs.com backslash shameless and our listeners get $5 off. It's a game changer, life changing. And by the way, when this episode is going out on the 30th, we have a couple things coming up. One, Masturbation May. Oh, yeah. Go to our Instagram and go and check out this uh, self-pleasure 30-day challenge that we're doing for Masturbation May. There's a huge grand prize that's worth over $1,000. And we are promoting uh, a 30-day a challenge where you can anyone can join. This isn't just for vulva owners. And you have a 10-minute minimum a day self-pleasure practice. So I won't go too deep into it. Go to our Instagram. Follow us at Shameless Sex Podcast. Uh, and join the Shameless Sex Revolution. That's super exciting. April and I are going to be participating, too. It's true. Are you ready for that? I am ready for that. And plus, I'm doing the vulva mapping with Dolly oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. Which is in the middle of the month. I think that will also help me kind of tune into what I um, am experiencing with her. And I am a little sick today, so my voice is funny. It's like really shaky. Yeah. Yeah. You're you you're holding it together, though. So I'm a little out of it. I was like, what? But... Yeah, yeah, that uh, yeah, because that's perfect timing for masturbation. Yeah. And then Dolly is actually coming. So we did the podcast, the vulva mapping one. Uh, I think we called it "Awakening the Pussy." It was an episode or two ago. Uh, she's coming to Santa Cruz. If you're in Santa Cruz or the Bay Area and you love that episode or go listen if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, she's a sexological body worker and she's actually coming to uh, Santa Cruz to do a workshop. It is a two-series workshop where she is going to do a lecture in the beginning with a live hot demo on how to pleasure the vulva. Not pleasure, I'm sorry. How to do vulva mapping to find where the pleasure is, where the numbness is, where the, the sensations may be. And then the second part is for partners um, to practice the on each other, meaning actually it's not on each other. It's the one person touches the vulva owner. If they're both vulva owners, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the vulvas gets mapped by a partner in it. So this is on May 16th. This is at Pure Pleasure Shop. Go to purepleasureshop.com to learn more. There's probably not a lot of space either for that. It's it's selling. It's selling quickly. So get your ticket. Get your ticket. Other um, Mother's Day ideas. Mother's Day. When is Mother's Day this year? May 12th. I think so. So Always on a Sunday. Always. It is always on a Sunday. And you could give the gift of Blue Boutique, which go to blueboutique.com. And you could buy your mom anything. Toys, books, lingerie. 
something cute to wear or even some uh, some like nice aphrodisiac style Ooh, perfume. Perfume. Uh, or maybe just give your mom some butt plugs. Oh, yeah. That's what my mom's getting. Mom's, oh, yeah. sh- this is a spoiler alert. Uh-huh. Your mom's getting a butt plug. plug. Is your mom listening? Mom, maybe. you're getting a big old, what size butt plug are we going for? Small. Maybe maybe the kit with small, medium, large, yes. extra large. And yes. she can work her way up. Mom. I, fun Factory. I said her name. <laughs> fun, fun Factory has a great kit. You can go to blueboutique.com. Use the code SHAMELESS20. And they're giving you 20% off. Only for Shameless Sex listeners. They've never done that before. They'll probably never do it again. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you need a gift for your mom... Uh, just know your mom's address, and they can probably drop ship it for you right there. Awesome. And it's Shameless20. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Shameless20. Yeah. Blueboutique.com. Go get it. Go shopping. Get all the things. Buy that book. You can buy books. They've got all the things on there. And uh, then the last one, too, that we talk about all the time is good old Uber Lube, which I assume that they have on Blue Boutique's website. And if you go to uberlube.com, you get 10% off and free shipping. Uber Lube isn't just for Mother's Day, everyone. I personally think everyone should own Uber Lube. Yeah, I just shoulded you. But it's for all bodies. It's for all occasions. It's one of those lubricants that you try and you're like, I had no idea lube could be this good. This is lubricant. Can I tell a quick story? What'd you do? So it was my partner's parents 51st wedding anniversary and they came over the other day and I and I gave them uber lube and uh, a, a toy and I was like you two go enjoy your anniversary what are you doing here and they're like what is uber lube so I explained it to them and they thought you know what uh, uh, my partner's father said hey I won't say your name mom uh, this isn't lotion, even though it looks like it. And I was like, it's working. Yeah. He's like, but we could leave this out on the nightstand. I was like, exactly. That's the point. That's so the whole thing. It's that's super, the whole thing. Yeah, it's super discreet. It's a beautiful bottle. There's, I mean, but it's all about the ingredients on the inside, but it's great for all kinds of sex and intimacy. You can even use it for massage. There's no flavor, no scent. It's doctors are recommending it because yeah. it actually moisturizes the skin. It's a game changer. It's easy to pump out too if you're mid-action. A lot of them, you know, the the flip tops i hate those that you have to like squeeze oh my god they drive me crazy it's like I a shampoo make a bottle mess. me too they make a huge and they mess. get all over this is just an easy pump top mm-hmm. and uh they're in their 70s so i'm gonna get feedback because i've been gone since then gonna but i'm like, gonna get feedback hey partners parents how was the banging last night <laughs> yes i will how was the midnight bang i did say will you just try anal and they're like we've already done that <laughs> oh really i like them god i love this, this is a great relationship that you <laughs> have with them I'm just totally open with it. I really love your style. His mom, his his mom has dementia, so she'll forget that I ever asked that. Uh huh. So yeah. Well, <laughs> so then you can ask it again and again. I know and exactly. Again. How was that anal? And she's like, "Well, so about that. Here we go again. <laughs> Let me tell you these things." Um, okay. And then I had um, before we go in to read the bio for this podcast. There's something I I, uh, I need to tell you too. Ooh, what's up? And listeners, it's very interesting news. Ooh, I'm single. Are you single? <laughs> she doesn't know yet. Uh, that's what I whispered to our housemate. I was like, don't tell her about because I'm going to tell her on the air for her first time. That's so funny because I did have a feeling. I actually had a feeling. Yeah, I'm tuned into you. You had a feeling. And I've been traveling, so I haven't had a chance to actually connect with you because I've been it's in been meetings. It's been since last night. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh oh. It's brand new. It's gonna be wild and crazy. Amy no, time. no. And I say I'm single because it doesn't necessarily it doesn't. Nece- it's it's interesting because it doesn't necessarily feel that way. So what this is what came up for me. 
um, my partner and I have been having some stuff. It comes out of nowhere. There's a pattern that we have that happens every five years. Um, and I'm not, I, if you would have talked to me like four days ago, uh, if I was saying this on the air, I probably would have been really angry and like, and upset because there's a lot that is, there's a lot that is between both us and always is. And a lot of it, uh, seems like some old wounding, uh, that is, is his work to do. And there's some stuff that is of course mine. I'm not going to say that it's not. And I had this shame come up when I thought about, I kn- I kind of knew that this was going to happen, that it was time. We've had many rounds of this, but I've never been, I've never felt this uh, readiness to, to separate. Hmm. Uh, every time I've always had this attachment and I knew that this round was feeling different. And uh, I thought on the air when I was going to share this, it would actually be a shame share because he just came on an episode on here yeah. in February when we were talking about all the work that we've done. It's a to, great episode. Yeah, and to get to the place that we're on and the communication and how things have changed and and that was really beautiful. And then and then Nicola and I do a recording where uh, we're talking. She's our therapist and she's talking about how proud she is of us and how we've done all this work to get to where we are. And so there was a little bit of this shame piece of ah we just like we didn't weren't portraying ourselves this is true then um as this you know we we're doing so well and we have this uh, deep connected relationship where we communicate so lovingly and clearly and none of that is is a lie at all um, and with that we have some patterns we've been through a lot and uh, one of the patterns that we have is this repeat thing where where he's constantly feeling um, it'll come out of nowhere. It'll literally be overnight. He'll be like, I'm not getting, I'm not being met, you know? And, and there's so much more to it. I'm going to go into much into yeah. those, those details, but we've been through many rounds of that and it's involved a lot of things that have been hard and hurtful and scary. And then I moved through it though. The, and this is the other thing I thought I was going to need to do in past breakups. I've needed to heal. I've needed to actually cut off all ties mm. with the person so I can have my own space to heal that, but I'm realizing that that is when I s- am still hoping that they'll change and that there is hope for the relationship. And I've heard of co- the um, conscious uncoupling, which is a term that created, I forgot the author, but there's a woman, just if you look up conscious uncoupling, you'll find, I hope to have her on the podcast, actually, who she wrote a book called Conscious Uncoupling, and Gwyneth Paltrow actually talks about it. And oh. people think it's her term. It's, this, it's no, it's someone oh, else's. Okay. And it's about it's not it's about uh, you know a lovingly conscious choice to uh, separate and go separate directions, and and I've heard that and I've always been like, how do people do that? I don't fucking get it. I'm not going to be able to do that. And three days ago, I thought that that wouldn't be possible because I was also really angry because I was like, it's here again. Like this shit is fucking here again. We're doing this again. And then I came into compassion because I know that why it's here again is beyond him and you know that he's not actually choosing to to you know wh- wherever we're at right now that i won't get into too much detail but he's not making choices around this that it's just it's really hard for him mm. and and it's hard for me it's and i'm i'm tired i'm i'm exhausted of uh feeling like i need to prove myself that i'm meeting him and he's exhausted by constantly ch- by feeling like i'm not meeting him but knowing that a lot of it is his own stuff and um, and we did this we talked yesterday and i just said I, you know, essentially, it's it seems like it's time for us to change the arrangement in our relationship that's been this constant, off and on romantic partnership, and um, and that something there needs to change, and it seems to, that it's uh, stepping away from or moving forward down a different direction of how we are in relationship with each other, and it's not in a committed partnership. 
and he had tears and he he was just like I'm you deserve to be treated like a queen all the time and I know that I haven't always done that and and it's been so frustrating for me when I haven't that's like I really want that for you and I really want to give that to you and I just I just don't know how at times and because there's some old stuff there and um and it felt really really good and really clean in this way where we're we are um, no longer life partners we are not and I can honestly say that I am not attached to anything changing to us getting back together again I'm not working towards I'm not sitting here waiting I'm not hoping I'm actually in this place of really finally for the first time in our five and a half years feeling like I'm completely uh, open and of course I love we both love each other so much mm -hmm. and there still is romantic love there and deep intimacy and um, not just not set on anything you know and then and and I'm not close to anything I'm not set on anything I'm not waiting I'm not hoping I'm and I'm not doing this so I can just go be with other people I actually don't really have desire to have sex with anyone else at this point right now that'll probably change but right now it's not a leading drive it's right now it's like a relief of mm -hmm. like ah spaciousness and 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 also once is so interesting last time once we took the partnership off the table of the title our systems just dropped in the sweetest, most loving intimacy with each other. We didn't have sex or anything, but we just, uh, it was just, we were looking at each other in this different light. And it wasn't this like, oh, wait, maybe now we can be back together. You know, it wasn't that whole thing that people do once they, oh, I lost you, now I want you. It wasn't that. It was like, oh, there you are. This like, this sweet being that I love and that I know loves me. And, and we're not letting that go or losing that, but we're just not partners. I think it's courageous and so, uh, I think, hopefully helpful to a lot of folks to know that breakups don't have to be this toxic uh, blowout where yeah. you hate each other and you don't talk to each other. And also, it's important to note that your needs aren't being met. His needs aren't being met. You're not staying in it because of the comfort mm -hmm. or the uh, being afraid to be alone, yeah. the fear you're st you're choosing yourself and what your needs are. That's the hardest thing. I think, okay, aside if there's a big blowout and you're like the, the fuck you, fuck you kind of thing, which is easy, mm -hmm. right, to walk away when you're angry. The hardest part is the comfort of and security and having a partner and then realizing that, okay, it's not that you, you want something better or different right now. It's just that your needs aren't being met. And I think it takes a lot of maturity and strength on both of your ends to walk away in a way that uh, is unexpected. I, I, I would think that it would take longer for that, right, to, to reach that point. So I'm really happy to hear this news, especially if you're feeling this way about it and it's not breaking you down or, um, you know, and you're not in some super sad, despairingly terrible place which has happened before it's happened to me before mm -hmm. right so I'm um feeling like I want to say congratulations in a nice way thanks yeah you're like what do I say to that well, well that's it, like when I told people I was getting divorced like I'm so sorry I was like you should say congratulations yeah. I'm moving on with my life or or ask them a question you or know, ask how, a question. how is that for you is that right. challenging is it feeling really good 
for me, uh, when, you know, I called you when when this when shit hit the fan last week, and what my what I do when when things get really hard is I reach out. I'm not mm-hmm. like I'm gonna go hide in a little hole. I'm like I'm calling everyone. And I'm telling them I need help. Yeah. And and then I was going through the anxiety, through the fear of the aloneness, through the loss. Am I going to be able to do this? Am I ready for this? And and then didn't speak to him for for four days right. and uh, spent time with friends, spent time journaling, a lot of meditating, um, a lot of processing and getting really, really clear and connecting to me. And I think that um, that was really important. And I, so I've gone through all the motions. It's not to say there hasn't been sadness and that there hasn't been fear and that it's going, that it, it might change, right. right? Right now I'm feeling really, really clear and in two weeks, I might be super anxious. I might be super sad. And so this is part of the thing that we're committing to. And the conscious part is that we're going to take it day by day. We, you know, we'll still be in each other's lives. We're not going to be rela- building a relationship and spending the same time that we've been spending together right. um, and, and having those same expectations. And we are also, when we do spend time together, we really have to check in about it. Like what's here is one of us feeling the attachment. You know, if I start to go into that hopefulness of like, oh, maybe there is a chance which I'm not at all right now. Mm. I feel oddly, it's so surprising how removed I am from that. But if I did go there, because things can change, then I probably would need to step away further. And so it's just, it's a new, it's, it's so, it's so us, how we would do things though, because we're so not traditional in our, it's kind of like how we got together. Honestly, it was a flow. I think something that is really important in, in breakups. And I know there's different levels and, and, um, people, they get really bonded and they have children, they have all of these things and it makes it really difficult to walk away. Taking the time apart is some of the most powerful where there's no communication and you can really sit with the stuff it's so hard to. And that's like with my ex-husband in a vulnerable share, we were trying to work things out from February until September. Yeah. And I told him right before September, I was going on a big trip to Chile and Brazil and I was going to be in Australia and then Thailand. And I said, I need this time for me. Mm-hmm. And I was ready to work it out with him. And the moment I stopped communication and the moment I really checked in with myself, I realized that it wasn't right for me, the mm. relationship. So if there's folks out there listening or contemplating even, or maybe they're in some kind of toxic relationship. I have friends right now that are in severely toxic relationships, and I don't think your relationship was toxic by any means. But I'm saying some of those folks, it may be time to take some time mm-hmm. and and maybe... Do, Which is hard to do. Know it's that it's not so easy. Hard. It's so hard. And sometimes that is the strongest medicine, just being with yourself, being with people that love you and that you can walk away and really reflect. And maybe you will get back together. And I'm, uh, and I'm not saying just to you, Amy, and maybe the folks out there that are in a relationship that they're trying to fix or, or improve or walk away from. Mm-hmm. Find the strength and courage within yourself and take some time for yourself and... Reach out to people and let them know you need help. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's and it, my medicine isn't everyone's medicine, and I am well practiced at it. But I have no shame in letting people know. Like, I'm in a lot of pain right now. Things are really hard. My partner, in my opinion, is kind of being a dick, and I need your <laughs> your help. And people show up really, really big for me. So, um, maybe that's not as easy for uh, as for most people but i i highly recommend it and not just sitting in your dark little hole of anxiousness because i know when i do that things are really hard and also going into it because 
not to hate on my mom, which I won't ever, but I always, when I was going through my stuff, I'd call my mom because she's always there. And um, I, I always want to enter with, I'm not looking for advice yeah. because she gives me advice. I'm like, well, you should try this. Or you should have done this. Yeah. And you're like, well, or she'll be like, well, you shouldn't ask me because I don't know about relationships. And I'm like, I'm just wanting someone to listen right now yeah. and unconditionally so, love me. So let me. them know what you're looking so for. So let them know. Yeah. And that's my bad too, for not letting my mother know. Yeah. And, um, because I love her to death and she's only trying to help. Uh, but going into that with folks out there, yeah, let them know, Hey, I just really want to tell you this stuff and please just listen. Yeah. And, um, I don't even need feedback or an opinion. I just want you to listen. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that You're with welcome, all of everyone. us. Now you all know. Now we're going out single times. I don't know. I was telling our other I'll friend I'll be your wing woman. I mean, yeah, I I actually know a lot of single women. Oh, damn. I know a ton of single women. And I'm not also I'm again, I'm not like this is a different place for me too. Often when I'm in this new single place, I want to fill the void with right. attention and and I'm and I'm just like not really there. I'm like I I want to hang out with girls and I want women, <laughs> girls, right. women, I want a podcast. I want to do all these creative things. It's like, there's much more of that or have time for me. Yeah. Then there is like, yeah, I'm going to go find a man. See, I did no. the whole, I'm going to travel Yeah. and I'm just going to, I'll travel by myself. I did. And, and you finally I, had casual sex with people. I had casual sex. I really did a lot of self-reflection. I did a lot of writing and, and reading mm. and uh, yoga and meditation. And mm-hmm. that's when I really started. And it was so powerful you kind of, I think you will always know what you need yeah. when you need it. Mm-hmm. And that's fun that you want girl time and, yeah. and come over to my house, drink wine with me. Woo-hoo! I got a lot of girls over my house all the time. That's good. I got you women. Have, I got girls. You got, I, got, you know, all the ages. I got all the ages. Yeah. I know. I'm feeling really good about it. And, and I just want to end th- this little piece with just how much I um, love and, uh, and appreciate my, uh, partner i'm still gonna say partner right now but he's not my partner you know my we're not a committed partnership but i still you know if you listen to the episode with him um i still just love him so much and appreciate him and despite all the hard things i like i I get it and i have compassion and i'm just so grateful for Mm -hmm. what we've shared i'm grateful for our how we handled yesterday and this is an example of how what we were talking about the work we've done is not bullshit because if you would have heard the conversation we had about us breaking up you'd be like holy shit that is some advanced communication how are you able to do this it's because of that work that we did t- that we were talking about like yes we're we're ending our um our partnership our committed partnership and that doesn't mean that the work didn't pay off or that we were not truthful about that and it was i just want to like honor us in that the, it really there's there's so much truth to what we i said with nicola on that episode with my partner and i said on that episode with him too hmm. So hey, but hey, well, so now the podcast. When we started this podcast, we were both single. Yeah. So now we're like, <laughs> April will be the one, the the one in the relationship, and I'll be the single person. All the single people on listening right now, they're like, yes, yes, <laughs> we got it. Oh, well, good. you know what we can have now is Margin's Girl Nights Woo-hoo! with Margin's Wine. I know you're not drinking Megan wine Bell. today, but I might still drink wine when we sit outside and do some work to sing. I may, maybe I already had coffee. I'm on a cleanse, everyone, starting today, and I forgot. And so I drank coffee, and then I was like, oh, no, I wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> and then so maybe I could just break it today. Mm-hmm. But uh, And then start tomorrow. Yeah. Because you already fucked it up. I'm do, I was supposed to do 10 days. I could just do nine. Is yeah. that bad? No, it's not bad at all. I had to take cold medicine today, too, so I could podcast. You're fine. And I never take any 
over the counter at acetaminophen's my new drug tomorrow (laughs) just don't keep pushing back this starts tomorrow yeah so margins wine if you all aren't familiar and if you've listened to this podcast long at all you know that margins wine is a local santa cruz wine small batch boutique very sustainably made all the grapes are hand-picked there's no machines involved and no pesticides used and no added sulfites so it's super yummy wine less of a hangover and if you go to marginswine.com and sign up for the newsletter, there, there's probably two or three a year, uh, you will get first access to the next release of wines because, unfortunately, they're sold out, and that's thanks to you, the listeners, and thanks to her making such great wine as well. So get on the newsletter, and then the next round she comes out with, which um, I think will be in summer-ish, mm-hmm. July, August, uh, you will have first access, and it's it's really reasonably priced too, and it's good wine. I drink it all the time. We're gonna drink it today. Drink it today. Shannon Blanc in the sunshine. That's right. Yep. Um, okay, so before I read the bio, we have something that we want to share, which is a new thing for us that we've been taking every day. It is actually something that I uh, bought off of an Instagram ad. No show. You got like sold on Instagram last year because it, it's a beautiful bottle. It's called Ritual Vitamins, made by women for women. And I started taking it, and then Ritual basically was like, "Hey, you're a women podcast. Talk mm-hmm. about our vitamins. Take our vitamins." I was like, "I've already been taking them." Mm-hmm. They use some of the best ingredients out there. It's what we can't get from our food. Vitamins are a tricky thing because there's a lot of shitty ingredients in these vitamins. There's fillers, there's petroleum products. If you start researching vitamins, y'all, which I did, I stopped taking a multivitamin until Ritual because I didn't like all the gunk and garbage. The ingredients, I can't pronounce all of them, so I'll say some of them, but folate, biotin, iron, vitamin B12, which is the methylated B12, magnesium, vitamin E, boron, vitamin K2, iodine. Iodine is really hard to get in our diets unless we have like the seafood things. They extract the the all of these from sustainable sources, too, so they're not just creating them in a laboratory. They're actually, mm. you get like the vitamin D3s from Nottingham, UK. Mm. I, how cool is that, that they tell you where it's from? Yeah. No other vitamin companies are giving you that kind of uh, information. So check it out. Remember that if you go to ritual.com and hit backslash shameless sex, you can get 10% off your first three months. That's 10% off your first three months. That's a good deal. So go to ritual.com backslash, I always do that, backslash Mm. shameless sex. And yeah, check it out. Try it. You're going to love it. Awesome. Well, actually, I have my bottle up there, too. So you just reminded me I need to go take my ritual today. It's my daily ritual. Hey. Oh, that's that's cute. I like it. Um, Okay. So are you all ready to hear a bio? Here we go. So Dana B. Myers is an award-winning product developer, entrepreneur, author, and media personality. As founder of Booty Parlor, Dana has changed the lives of thousands of women by inspiring them to boost their sexual self-confidence and create sexier, more satisfying relationships. Known for her frank yet empowering style, Dana helps her clients reclaim the power of their sensuality and sexual satisfaction through her coaching practice and live workshops. Her advice and Booty Parlor's products have been featured in Marie Claire, Women's Health, Parents, Red Book, Nylon, Allure, Good Morning America, Access Hollywood, The Wendy Williams Show, and more. And her recent book, the most recent book, The Mommy Mojo Makeover, 28 Tools to Rediscover Yourself and Reignite Your Relationship, was published in 2018 by Viva Editions. You can find more on her website at DanaBMyers.com. Are you ready to go? I can't wait. Let's do it. 
All right, everyone, it's episode time, and we are here with Dana B. Myers. I want to say it the way that Kimberly says it on Evine. <laughs> Dana B. Myers. <laughs> Dana so and I funny. have been on live TV together with the wonderful Kimberly, uh, the super powerhouse host of Evine After Dark, where uh, we've gone on there to talk about uh, sex toys. Dana's specifically gone on uh, on behalf of her company, Booty Parlor. And I've been on there for Uberlube. And so I've met Dana through uh, the live TV circuit, which is such an interesting realm. But Dana, you're, you're, you're made for live TV and, and podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I love a good show. I was born with jazz hands. And, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I do. I love it. I thrive on it. I love it. I just love talking about sex. And, and uh, if I can do it on TV, I will. <laughs> Do we, uh, so we already read your bio in the, the yeah. interview, but can you tell our listeners about the journey of where, how you got to be where you are today. You, you, know, you wrote a book, you have yeah. parlor, you go on live TV. Can you tell our listeners more about yourself? Yeah, totally. I've been in this industry now for a long time. We started Booty Parlor 15 years ago. Um, and really I was always just very interested in all things and all things sex. My mom was a makeup artist and I was just kind of brought into this world of female empowerment with her by following her to the beauty shop where she worked and really watching her sit down with women and transform them with makeup. And here I would be like sitting in the corner cataloging her lipsticks and, you know, hearing women really just divulge their secrets, their desires, their fears, how they felt about their body, their faces. And I just watched my mom kind of help these women uncover their inner beauty and their inner sexiness. And my mom was always just a really sexy bitch, Mm -hmm. kind of grew up witnessing her use her feminine powers in life as part of her, not not something separate, but really as part of who she was as a woman. Um, And I was just always a very um, sexual human and had a curiosity to discover things, to explore, to experience from, you know, an early, I think earlier than many. Um, And my parents noticed and they didn't try to shame me or discourage it. They just talked openly with me about it. And I remember my mom saying, you know, masturbation feels just as good as having sex, Dana, if not better. Um, (laughs) And so like from a very young age, I I was introduced to self-pleasure as self-care um, as part of something that was natural within me. So naturally I was talking to all my friends like, whoa, guys, do you know about this? <laughs> uh, do you know what you can do? Do you know how it feels? And I just became that girl very much like I'm sure you have been that girl, you know, the one that uh, feels more open about sex and femininity and, and wants to share information. I, I wound up in the music business um, and built a career there but was dissatisfied working um, in the corporate world and wanted to combine my love of beauty and sex. And this was, again, you know, 16 years ago when the sex business was still very rooted in triple X. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd met this new guy on Match.com who's now my husband mm-hmm. for 10 years. And I just said, I've got this idea for a brand. It's like where I'd want to go to shop for sex toys instead of that skanky place down the street. Um, and it's got beauty products, so she feels sexy. And then it's got sexy products, so she can channel that 
sexuality and that confidence into more creative sexual experiences in her relationship. And I called it booty parlor because it was like the beauty parlor for your love life. It was like <laughs> all my life's experiences, you know, came to this point and it just made sense. And so we raised some money. We both quit our jobs. We launched the brand. We got scattered by Victoria's Secret to carry our original line of beauty products. I mean, I literally, we were working out of our living room and I, I got a call. Victoria's Secret came up on the um, caller ID and I was like, did I place an order with them? But it just kind of launched our business very much into the mainstream. Um, and uh, since then, we've just been building this business. We've worked with Victoria's Secret, Ulta, Henry Bandel, a lot of international business. Um, I started doing a lot of workshops with women. And that's really where I, A, that's really like my number one passion is being live with women and helping women discover their desires and have better sex. Um, and that's also really where I gathered much of my information and research for my books. Mm -hmm. Um, so my first book came out in 2010. I wrote it while I was pregnant. Little did I know what was about to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a sexy lifestyle makeover book for all women, regardless of what situation you were in. Then I had two kids and really for the first time in my life had no libido mm -hmm. and it really scared me. Um, and for first time in my life without my libido, without my sexuality as kind of this guiding light in my life, I kind of had an identity crisis. Like, who am I now? Um, and so that gave me the inspiration to write my next book, which I released last year, which is called The Mommy Mojo Makeover. And it's just geared at helping women who've had children remember who they are, evolve into their next phase of, of womanhood, and remember that they're sexual beings who can really have great sex. But you have to overcome a lot once you have kids. So it's, it's a pathway back to that and to having a much better relationship too. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's talk about that, that sex as self-care piece that I, you know, you talked about before when you, yeah. you realized masturbation wasn't shameful. And then I'm sure it was part of your, well, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing that part of your journey <laughs> of, you know, getting, uh, re reigniting your libido, getting reconnected to it after having two kids and feeling like your libido was gone, that this was a part of it. So can you tell yeah. our listeners more about that, about what, how sex is self-care? Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, yes, masturbation. I've, I've been, you know, self-pleasuring for as long as I can remember. Um, and it's interesting because I remember, you know, in the way, you know, when you're when you're young, you know, you don't go out and buy a vibrator when you're ten. You like, you figure out if it, what feels good to move your body up against. Um, so it was just that going to that place, that space. I always describe masturbation or self-pleasure is this like playground right where I can go and be free and try new things and sometimes it's got um an excited energy and sometimes it's a more slow tender energy sometimes I'm really angry and I know I need to go like level myself out and release that anger through an orgasm sometimes I'm sad and I want to release those emotions so for me this idea self-pleasure is a space to just express who I am and layer pleasure on top of it. Like pleasure kind of, if you're really angry, pleasure is going to help you. If you're really sad, pleasure is going to help you. If you're hopeful and you want to like cast a prayer out into the universe, we'll slap an orgasm on that prayer. <laughs> so it's like, you know, going to give that, that hope, that dream more energy. Um, 
So that's really why I feel like self-love is the number one um, element or avenue of, of self-care because it, it does so many things for you mm-hmm. and you don't need anything. You know, you don't need to go get a manicure. You don't need to, to get your hair down. It's free. Um, mind you, unless you really love toys and you, mm-hmm. you have a habit of buying expensive <laughs> toys, <laughs> which I do. Um, but to me, it's like self-pleasure kind of soothes everything. And, um, and I also think it does something that all good self-care should do is that it boosts your confidence as well, because you're getting to know your body in a very intimate way, uh, which should give you self-confidence and trust in yourself that you can then take into your relationship. Mm-hmm. If you know your really body, if you if you know your body really well and you're confident that you can bring yourself to orgasm, you're gonna be more confident to guide your lover to do the same mm-hmm. and to express yourself if you don't know how your body works it's very hard to then try to tell someone else Mm -hmm. what about so i'm just thinking about those you know that state that you said you were in um when you had your my libido's gone and i know that there's a lot of folks who even just taking that first step to start doing the sexual self-care they have the desire behind it and they're already you know stressed and really busy so what would be your advice for them to take that step to to motivate them if they're not even feeling the desire you know they're waiting for to to kind of ignite that for them to do it but it seems like there's another happens before that that's a great question i always don't wait, create. Um, and I'm a very organized person. Like I don't look outside myself and like, oh, where's my libido? It's out there somewhere. I'll wait for you to come back to me. It's like, no, I'm going to create that desire. And then even if it's like a sliver of desire, if I create it, then it will rise up and it has like a platform to rise up. So, and I'm a very organized person. Uh, and I really apply that to my sex life. So I will, every Sunday night, it's this process that I have called mojo mapping and sex planning. And I sit down with my calendar and I'm like, okay, Tuesday morning, I'll be in the house on my own. So there's my solo session. Saturday afternoon, I'm going to get the kids out of the house with the sitter for three hours. That gives me, and I'm going to pencil in, we're going to have a long of engagement, me and Charlie. So it's like, I put it in my calendar and then I meet myself for that date. It's just like you look at your week, you go, okay, I know I'm going to get to the gym Monday, Thursday, Saturday. That's an appointment you want to keep with yourself because it makes you feel good or it makes you look good or both. And I think that if people are struggling to find their desire, that don't wait, create attitude is a helpful mindset to have to get you back in. It's like, okay, I put down, I'm going to masturbate on Tuesday morning. I marked out a half an hour. I'm going to go in my room. I'll turn on some music or I'll read some erotica or I'll watch some porn that turns me on and I'll take out my vibe and I'll just see what happens. I'll just see what happens, you know, without expectation. Cause I think that's the other thing that stops people. It's like, what? Oh, I got to have all these orgasms now too. Mm-hmm. I'm already, you know, I'm like, I'm doing so much. You're going to put that pressure on. Me. It's like, no, just see what happens. And then you have an orgasm in five minutes. You're like, oh my God, why was I, why was I waiting? Mm-hmm. You know, why was I waiting? It's like, it's all right there for you. Yeah. And I would imagine, so, cause we were talking about having these, these windows, right? So you have the, there's, you have a window for your, yourself looking the calendar. And I, I think that's part of what you're saying is that, that the, 
um, to embrace the planning part if you're really busy and if you make that date for yourself to definitely keep it. Um, so, but what about for folks who um, don't have a lot of windows? You know, they are maybe they're a single mom, or maybe we're not even talking about a mom, but just someone who is really, really, really busy. I mean, what what April and I have said in the past, like you know, if you have time to go on Facebook and Instagram, you have time to self pleasure, right? There's like that's there's it. always time, but we always find excuses. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And that's, you're so spot on. It's like, I always tell people take one day and turn on the social tracker on your phone. And at the end of the day, you're going to gag at how much time you've wasted scrolling on Facebook, Instagram. Like the first time I did that, I was horrified. It was like, it's like four or five hours. I was, I turned the tracker off. I couldn't take it. I was like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I stopped scrolling so much. Um, but yeah, take one day to look at where you're wasting your time and find five or 10 of those minutes to, you know, to lay down and pleasure yourself. It's going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be worth it. And, and the effects of it, or it's like, it's, there's so many layers of effects. It's not just pleasure in the moment or self-soothing in the moment. Suddenly you make it a habit and then your energy starts to rise. You have a glow about you. You become more magnetic to other people. People are like, did you change your hair? Did you get a suntan? I'm, I'm more like, you start noticing you're getting more positive attention. Mm-hmm. And it's because you're shining up your own energy. Mm-hmm. You know, orgasms are energy. It's like they're rocket fuel that you can use to actually power you through the rest of your really busy, stressed out day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, the, the other challenge um as you were saying like people say I'm too busy to plan the other challenge that I come up against a lot um with couples and it's about 50 50 male female who tell me this they're like well planning takes the spontaneity out of it mm-hmm. so I've I don't heard I don't that so do many it. times yeah <laughs> I don't I don't want to do it and I'm like uh planning means your sex life is a priority mm-hmm. and that's really fucking hot like who, you know, your wife comes to you and says, Hey, I'd like to plan our sex. Let's make it an event. Um, what she's saying to you is like, I still desire you. I want to recreate that desire, heighten that desire. Let's do this. You know, it, while it may not on the surface be the most romantic thing, planning sex is really the, such an effective framework for getting out of a rut and bringing consistency back to your sex life, right? And I would imagine within that planning, because I think that with the, the part that might be most challenging and not sexy is um, if we plan it and we definitely have to have this one type of sex at this you know, same night once a week or what, twice a week, whatever that is. So mm-hmm. I would imagine part of that is, you know, leaving it open that it's, it's, it is maybe there's sex, whatever sex means to you and intimacy and you're planning this, this spaciousness, this time, but it doesn't always have to be the same type of sex, right? There's just, it's just, it's definitely creating that sacred intimacy time. Yeah, totally. And, and in the book, I have this, this framework, I call it the sexy sessions. Mm -hmm. There's eight different experiences so that it's kind of like pick and choose your own adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, And even the most simple way to add variety and creativity within the framework of planned sex is to simply play around with, um, I call it erotic energies, right? So I'll tell you this story, Charlie and I, we had planned for sex. It was a Thursday night. You know, and I always, on those nights, 
I always say, you know, you go put the kids to bed, but I don't exhaust myself. I want to manage my energy, right? I want to go transition from working in the day, mothering, then in the, you know, late afternoon, early evening hours and back into like the sensual woman, right? So I got to go transition. You put the kids to bed. I'll take a shower. I'll stretch. I'll do some hip circles. Um, I may have, you know, a glass of wine or something. And, um, and so I was getting into my chill zone. Charlie came in. He was like, what are you in the mood for, love? And I'm so bad at his accent. <laughs> He's British, uh, right? <laughs> what are you in the mood for, love? <laughs> and- <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> and out of nowhere, I was like, I want to wrestle. <laughs> and I was like, I want to wrestle. And I don't know where it came from. And maybe I was watching, I'd been watching Glow on Netflix <laughs> and I like liked I like liked their outfits or something. But it was it wasn't, hey, let's have this full-blown fantasy where you do this and I'll do that and you say this and I'll say that. It was just an energy. I wanted that rough and tumble. I didn't want romantic sex that night. You know, I wanted that physicality of like bodies colliding. And, you know, maybe it was like a little campy and we wound up having really re-energized different sex that night just because I said I want to wrestle and so I kind of hooked into this idea of inviting creativity just through through short phrases right through just different images in my mind so another one um we've gone to a hotel and left the kids and we go on these sex dates like once every two months and um and he was like, what are you in the mood for, love? Because that's now the thing, right? <laughs> and I was like laying on this couch and I was, I was wearing like a soft jersey nighty, and I was just feeling in my body. And I said, I want you to pet me like a cat. Um, <laughs> you know, again, not really exactly sure where it came from, but it was that feeling of wanting to be stroked mm-hmm. and pet. And so then that set the tone for that sex set, right? So I think that, you know, planning is one thing, but then finding a way to invite creativity in a way that suits your personality, that suits your relationship. And of course, that's going to be slightly different for everyone. But spend a minute, write down 10 erotic energies so that you can have them in the back of your mind. And then say to your partner, hey, sex, Thursday night, you and me, 10 p.m. Ask me this question. What are you in the mood for, love? And then as your week goes by, you're thinking about it. And maybe you look at your and you go, hmm, maybe I'm in the mood to be pat like a cat or maybe I'm in the mood to wrestle or maybe I want to pretend like this is the last time we're ever going to see each other. And then you can have that phrase in your mind. So when your partner does ask that, you've already been listening to yourself say those words. So you'll feel more confident to say them in the moment, mm-hmm. right? Because that's another thing that gets people a little bit hung up. Yeah. How do I say what I want, you know? Yeah. It's scary. You practice. Yeah. You, practice. Mm-hmm. you literally practice hearing your voice. Mm-hmm. And then you feel more confident to say it. And I would imagine as you were talking about your steps of you know, you're doing you're working all day and then you're doing the mothering and then he puts the kids to bed so you can go and connect to your body and kind of uh, put aside the other hats of the day that because you do that, that's where there's the spaciousness for you to actually feel into your body and come up with something like I want to wrestle. Whereas if other people are just going right from mommy to just trying to go right into the sexual space without even taking time to to drop in that creativity and that, that those ideas probably don't really flow. It's more that I don't know. I don't know what I want. That's yes. And it's also where you are far more likely to take a rain check. Uh-huh. That's where 
are just like, no, oh, I'm too tired. Let, let's take a rain check. Let's do it another night. And then that, even if you say it kindly, that then feels like a rejection because mm-hmm. you got your partner excited. He's been thinking about it for four days. He's ready. Mm-hmm. And you're like, let's take a rain check. So even though you have to allow for flexibility, right? You plan, you prioritize it, you plan it. And then, you know, you want to follow through, but you have to allow for some flexibility. Of course, like if your kid just threw up on you, that's going to be a hard transition to make. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're not angry, if you're not sick, then I would encourage you to make sure you take that time to transition so that you can follow through and that builds intimate trust. Mm-hmm. Like if you keep reacting, making making sex dates and then and then rain checking on it, that doesn't build a whole lot of intimate trust. And it also like, I think what happens is when women keep room checking and their partners stop asking, mm-hmm. they stop. And then, then the woman goes, why did you, why don't you ask me for sex anymore? You're not attracted to me. Mm-hmm. He's like, you, you kept saying, no, you kept rain checking on me for the last six weeks. I don't, I don't like feeling rejected. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like pressure, expectation, rejection, all that levels out. Mm-hmm. If you plan and follow through. And 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 again, with that, I, I think people are so hooked on sex needing to be one way. And that's why, of course, if you're getting a no, you know, I'm exhausted, but I, I do want connection. I do want closeness and intimacy, but I'm not, I'm, I'm totally getting a no on penetrative sex. So therefore I'm going to reject all of it. And that I think can create an issue because we, people are often so set on it needing to be one way, all or nothing, very goal oriented. When if there's spaciousness to just tap in, like you're talking about of what's really here right now. And it's, I want to wrestle or be pet like a cat or just, you know, held and adored or, and, and just following that thread, then then mm. I think there's there's just so much more room. That's mm-hmm. so spot on. That's so right. That's right. And that that I think that's a that's a good conversation to have with your partner outside of the bedroom, mm. n- not in any kind of planned sex zone. It's like, what other kinds of intimacy can we practice if I'm not in the mood for penetrative sex, or if I'm not, you know, what what does that look like to you? What does it look like to me? How can we co-create those experiences where it doesn't always have to be touch and penetration? What does that look like? Can we watch each other masturbate? Uh, Can we, you know, bring each other to orgasm with just manual stimulation or just, and and also like, is it okay to have a quick fuck where I don't come? Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think, of course, you know, most good lovers, they want their, their women to have an orgasm, but sometimes the physicality of sex, that's enough for her. She doesn't need the orgasm and, 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 or she's like, you know what? It's actually like, based on my internal orgasm calculator, I think it's going to take 40 minutes tonight and I'm not in the mood for that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay for me to say that. And it's okay for you to accept that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not about you. Don't take it personally. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. It's not about you. Uh, so my next question actually goes hand in hand with something because this is coming out today. This is like I, probably the first time in a long time we've actually recorded an episode that's actually going out the same day. So, Last um, minute. Yeah. So this is going out, and you know, this is uh, two weeks before Mother's Day. That's why we wanted to get this out right away. And of course, what we're a lot of what we're talking about does not just apply to mothers. I think it actually applies to yeah. everyone. Um, and 
We also, tomorrow's May 1st, we're launching our uh, 30-day self-pleasure challenge on Instagram for our, for our podcast. Uh, awesome. So if people aren't following, it's a 30-day challenge where for 10 minutes a day to be a part of the, the challenge, the contest, you self-pleasure and it doesn't involve uh, vibrators, porn, and it's not goal-oriented. You don't like having to have the orgasm in it. It's just a ten minimum 10 minutes a day of uh, setting time to touch your body and just explore to see what's there. So for uh, listeners who want to know more about that, you still have the next week to um, enter the contest by starting uh, tomorrow the next day. So go check that out on Shameless Sex Podcast on Instagram. But the next question would be, um, how can busy folks, busy mamas, busy people invite more pleasure into their daily lives, both in in and out of the bedroom? What are the what are the regular practices that um, yeah. you suggest? Yeah, this is one of my favorite things of all time. Um, and it's become such a habit for me um, that I don't actually, I don't have to change how I'm actually going in my day. So really what I do, um, I'll just share share the, the most common example. Uh, like if I'm produce department at the grocery store, I will linger around the carrots, right? Because I'm like, oh, those are so sort of fresh and hard and, listening in the mister and you know oh look at that one that's got an interesting you know girth and that one's really long or that one's really scurvy um (laughs) and even though I'm going about my regular day and buying you know groceries for the house I know I gotta cook I know I gotta do this I gotta do that I'm finding pleasure in that very mundane experience I'm finding sensual inputs I'm finding visual stimulation because I'm, I'm simply shifting my mindset, right? So you're walking down the street and maybe you pass a flower shop and you pause to look at the flowers and you don't just think, oh, that's pretty. But you think, oh, wow, that actually, you know, looks like a, a female body part. Or what does it mean, you know, to feel that like my flower is blooming? Like it's really just looking up from your phone and noticing and actively shifting what you're seeing as part of regular day, what's right in front of you, and trying to kind of squeeze the sensuality out of it. Mm. So like if you're folding laundry, like I fucking hate folding laundry, (laughs) and I hate it more than anything, but I don't want to be sitting in ugliness. I want to be sitting in that kind of ugly state of mind where I'm complaining. So I'll hug the warm towels to my body and I'll think about what would this feel like if I was like rolling around on these naked having sex. It's literally just saying, how can I make, um, how can I make this very regular moment much more pleasurable? And then what that does is suddenly you're like having sexier thoughts all day long. Um, another example of something really boring and awful, like, uh, undoing the dishwasher. No one likes to undo the dishwasher, right? So that's another moment where I find myself very non-sexual thing, undoing the dishwasher. But when you first open that door and all the steam rushes out, right? And it's like, oh, wait, I remember that time I was in the hot tub in LA and the steam was rising on my face. And I felt the jets on my pussy. And it's like, and suddenly I'm like in a fantasy. So, um, and when you turn on your brain throughout the day with pleasurable thoughts, then your body starts to respond to that. 
and your, I think, libido starts to rise on a very kind of subtle but very real way. Um, so that's, and, and, and this is another thing where it's like it doesn't cost any money. You don't have to do anything dramatic. You just have to change the way you see your current environment um, and catch yourself when you're complaining and bringing your energy down and say, how could I turn that complaining into sexual energy? It's almost like a little game. Like, how could I take the most horrible, unattractive thing in my life that I have to do and make it sexy? It's like mm-hmm. a challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your daily challenge. I, <laughs> That's my daily challenge. I, what you're describing is is is, uh, is very tantric, right? It's using the body's senses, your your eyesight of looking at the kind of phallic carrot or your your senses of your, of your skin or smells and saying, okay, I have these senses and here's this boring thing that I'm doing with the steam from the dishwasher or I'm buying the groceries. And But if I really use my senses, what's, what is actually yummy here? How can I use them to pick up on the yummy things that might not even bring up sexy, but there's sensuality available when we totally all over the place. That's right. That's right. And especially look with our busy lives, whether you, you have kids or not, we are like, we're moving from task to task to task all day long. And yeah, nurturing the sensuality, finding those yummy moments, those juicy moments to soften the edges of all the things that we have to do. Mm-hmm. It's a really good way to to feel your desire rise, rise up to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And I need to do more of that <laughs> as I'm... Next year- got off an air and I'm like, how can I do that on airplanes? Right. Cause the airplanes are like, you know, to, to me, they're like, there's nothing good about this airplane. Sure, <laughs> I can find some. And if I can't find it in my environment, I can close my eyes and do an erotic meditation sitting on an airplane seat next to someone else, which is just me breathing into my pussy and feeling that part of me. And that in itself can, can raise up my, my energy. So I, you know, I always, I know that I always have access to tools. I just don't always choose it, but I know that totally. it's available to me. Um, okay. I have yeah. a question for you. I don't know if you can answer this question. If you can't, that's all good. Okay. Um, I'm just throwing this at you. And so we received this question from someone a long time ago when we did a podcast on um, open relationships and someone did specifically ask how, uh, about how to navigate open relationships when you have kids and mm. and the, the complexities of it um, and not specifically like because I, I know that's a tricky thing do you tell you know because you're a parent do you tell people that you are in open relationships do you keep it private I think that's up completely up to the individual um, but I the question I'm going to ask you is actually just more related to time right like it's already hard having one partner to tend to and then you have these <laughs> yeah. kids to take care of now you want to have one partner and maybe multiple partners or lovers or relationships um, yeah. so I don't know if you have any, uh, no, have any suggestions on that one or if you're not feeling like, you don't, I mean, I, I don't have, yeah. I oh my God. okay. So I, I don't have experience personally uh-huh. with open relationships, but I would imagine that like seeing as though I'm already like a super planner and a super organizer, mm-hmm. I would think your, your planning skills have to be like mm-hmm. on fire to juggle your children, your core partner, and your other partners. Um, you know, it's, I think it's a fascinating topic. Um, and, you know, it's, it's all, you know, what I love is that it's really coming out more in the mainstream now, right? There's so much more information online. There's so much more, you know, there's so many more books to read. So 
I'm fascinated by open relationships. Mm -hmm. I personally don't feel, you know, with the two kids and the businesses, I run my business with my partner. I personally, even though um, I don't necessarily think that monogamy makes a whole lot of sense, Mm -hmm. I also don't fully understand how open relationships work mm-hmm. um, with kids or without. So to me, it's a, yeah. a mystery. and I'm fascinated yeah. by it. Um, yeah, what, what's your take? I mean, I think that planning thing is, is going to be a, a huge, a huge part of it. I think no matter what, and whether you're in an open relationship or a monogamous relationship, whether you have kids or just a busy job, it's really finding that, uh, that time and making that commitment, but, and then also, um, leaving that time open where you you really do dedicate yourself to that intimacy and that time, whether it's with your own body or with another body, no matter what, but you check in with what is present. And uh, yeah, I mean, with open relationships, my my understanding, I've, I've, I've dabbled in them here and there and um, they definitely don't make it, things easier. So if you're looking for right. yeah. more, yeah. if you're looking for more, you know, aliveness and, and juiciness and, and an open relationship is something that uh, you you desire or want, then that's awesome. I, I wouldn't look for it to make the, any, anything more uh, easy or simplified yeah. in your life. Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, the other day, um, I, cause I like to flirt, right. I like to flirt, but I have very clear boundaries. Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, flirting all about expressing myself as a woman, because yes, I'm a wife. Yes, I'm a mother, but really I'm a woman first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to expect my flirtatious to go away because I'm married, like I would never expect that of myself. Um, and Charlie knows that I like to flirt, but I have very clear boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's boundaries that I'm always, you know, checking and evaluating and making sure like I never give out my phone number. I never carry on, you know, with the texting or anything. It's like, I want that energy. I want that exchange. I want that excitement. I want those butterflies. And then I'm going to channel all of that into my relationship, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to channel that those flickers of new relationship energy that I got from flirting with this, you know, this cute doctor the other day at my <laughs> Easter party. He was so cute. But like, I'm going to channel that. And I said, I said that to him. I'm like, I'm super married, have two kids. I write about sex and I'm excited to be flirting with you, but I'm going to channel that into my husband when I get home. And that was such a novel. It was really, you know, he was like, I don't know if because he was still single. He was like, I don't, I don't think I could like handle my wife flirting. And I was like, but why? Mm-hmm. Like, I understand like the, it, it, the, the instinct to be passive, right? It's mm-hmm. human instinct to be territorial or possessive. But if she's channeling that sexual energy back into you, then let her be free. Mm-hmm. Freedom is a huge turn on, right? Yeah. And so I think when partners go, okay, well, we're married forever. And you are the only person I can find attractive and vice versa. Like, there's not a lot of freedom in that. You feel trapped and your sex drive goes, psh. And I think that speaks to the common experience of um, of motherhood is that we've talked to a number of mothers where there's this, you know, there's this idea that now they're not sexual beings anymore, whether it's society thinks that or they think that about themselves or, uh, and so I think that there's, there's another way where you're speaking to how to cultivate more daily practices of uh, being connected to your sensuality and neuroticism is to if if this is something that you're comfortable with and is part of you, then to continue whatever level of flirtation that it is. You know, maybe maybe it's not 
maybe it's not with men, maybe it's with women, maybe it's with, I don't know, Absolutely. Maybe whatever that is, just not, but just not um, turning off, or maybe it's just with your partner, still flirting with your partner, yeah. but not turning off that, yeah. that part of you that it can still yeah. be, you know, playful and suggestive. And I love how you and were the doctor and being honest with them and like, I'm just going to go yeah. take this home. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because then it diffuses. Because often I think, you know, if you're coupled up and you start flirting, you go, wait, how am I going to let them know that this isn't going anywhere? Mm-hmm. If you just let them know right up front, then it's just fun. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're right. It doesn't have to be like, it's not overtly sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be quite innocent and still have excitement to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, flirting, I think is like, flirting makes you feel free. And I think that freedom is one of the key inputs to feeling alive and sexual. And probably one of the uh, biggest pieces that shifts when you have children is, oh my all right, my life, my life is <laughs> now for you. And I, but well, my life feels like it's now just for these yeah. people that I brought into the world. And I still mm-hmm. need to realize that my life is also still for me. And how can I find, find some freedom here? Maybe it's not when my child is an infant right away, but um, mm-hmm. to not completely lose sight of that. Like I think parenthood is the, 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 most intense job in the world. I'm not a parent, but the parents that I see, um, Mm. I think that it's a badass, badass career being a parent. And, um, and that I, I do think it's also still important to not completely lose yourself in the identity of parent. And, and unless that truly just speaks to you and that's what you want. And I have a feeling a lot of people still desire to, to have their identity as, as them. Yeah. Um, aside from being a parent. Yeah. And they, but and then the the so what comes with that often is guilt. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not totally just satisfied being just a mom or a mom, even or a mom who works. It's like I still want more. And there's this weird inherent guilt that comes along with motherhood, and it's probably a lot to do with the media messages that we receive as well. So you gotta like, there's so many layers to reclaiming yourself after you have kids it's like how do I separate myself from the guilt how do I give myself permission that it's okay that I want more that I still love being a mother not that nurturing and that growth that I'm on that I receive from being a mother but I can also give myself the permission because that's a lot of women think I don't know I can't Mm -hmm. or that's not the example they were taught from their own mothers maybe what they saw is like their mother giving selflessly and like loving it all. Well, she was probably dying on the inside, Mm -hmm. but couldn't admit that right now we can admit it more. There's been a major shift. Mothers being able to admit, I want more. This is unsatisfying for me, or I like certain parts of it and hate other parts of it, Mm -hmm. but giving yourself the permission to both love it and detest it to both be fulfilled by it. And want to be fulfilled by other things there's like constant permission you have to keep reminding yourself that you have because you are a sovereign being like yes you're responsible for someone else but you're also still responsible for yourself mm-hmm. yeah and then how do you uh, i'm not passionate uh, about this at all <laughs> yeah. no not at all i know yeah i know i get i see, I see your passion <laughs> and i think that it's an important point of like i mean you're especially when you're responsible for someone else if you're not showing up for you, then I, I'm just curious about um, how that affects the energy of how you're showing up for everything else in your life. If there's a part oh, of yeah. you that well, be neglected as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't really be, you know, it's really hard 
be a good patient mother if you feel that you are in servitude and if you feel that you have no freedom. It's yeah. really hard to kind of be in joy if you feel that way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for, for as long as I can remember, I would, you know, I take what I call a mommy pop out um, or I pop out of the house <laughs> uh, between the hardest hours, which are, you know, five to late 30. It's like dinner time, homework time, bath time. Game time, story time, brushy TV time, you know, all this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm a grown woman. Why am I doing why like why am I doing this? <laughs> I want me time. Yeah. <laughs> I want me time, you know, because I've worked all day and I want that me time. So I just pop out. I pop out once or twice a week. I hand those responsibilities over to somebody else, my husband or a sitter or like postman, anyone. Um <laughs> and I pop out and I go be a woman in the world and I wander and I go to this or that or this shop or this gallery or this event and I go get my freedom. Mm -hmm. And then I come home and I'm like high on freedom Mm -hmm. and I'm turned on to myself and maybe I flirted or had a cool exchange with somebody and I've got that energy. And then I usually align my mommy pop outs with my planned sex, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Cause that's a nice big long transition as well, mm-hmm. um, where you're out of the house and you don't exhaust yourself. So it's like you know, soothing your exhaustion because moms are tired and just busy working people are tired. Soothing your exhaustion, getting your freedom, mm-hmm. seeking out sensual inputs, and planning sex. It's like it's not rocket science mm-hmm. to have an exciting and full sensual and sex life, but mm-hmm. it does require some intention mm-hmm. uh, and some attention. And what, so what about for folks who, cause you, so you, we do, we do some reminder listeners because we you talked about your books, but you do, people can work with you. You have online, I think you're doing like workshops and, and things. Can you tell our listeners more about the offerings you have in case they want to continue working yeah. with you? You're so passionate and they're like, I want that passion. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm super excited. I'm about to launch um, my signature online course, which is called the satisfied mama. Um, so if you go to danabmyers.com, just sign up, you'll start getting updates about that. Um, pretty soon you can enter your email address. I've got a bunch of free resources on the site as well. Like smart mom's guide to better intimacy. Um, I'm going to soon be releasing a really great video workshop about how to get more help and appreciation and remove resentment from your relationship. Cause it's another huge libido killer resentment. Um, but yeah, my online course is going to be launching in June. Um, I do private coaching, uh, less so these days now that I'm working on my course, but you can find out about that on the website. And I also do live workshops, but mostly in Miami and Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, which is, I live in Miami now, but I bought back and forth to Los Angeles quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So the website was, uh, Dana B so that's easy. M Y E R E R S dot com. And then your yes. books, the Mommy Mojo Makeover. And then what was the first book again? The first one is called the it's a long title, the official booty parlor mojo makeover, four weeks to a sexier you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so go to danabmyers.com and you'll find out <laughs> what she just said. Exactly. And, and then uh booty and then also booty parlor too, uh, which yeah. is a wonderful we, I Still to this day, I love that uh, aphrodisiac perfume. Oh, it's yes, that one's oh, the pheromone perfume. Yeah, the pheromone like perfume. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. It's so good, and we're out of stock. Ah, well, maybe when people check in later, and you, this is an evergreen product. So <laughs> it is. It's an evergreen product. Yeah. It is. It is. It's just uh, 
anyhow, you know, the supply chain issues. Yeah. Yes, I know how that that game works. I, I know. assist with manufacturing. I'm not a manufacturer, but I know how that works. So. Yeah. Oh, thank you yeah. for sharing, Dana, your 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 passion and your wisdom. And again, I know there's so much important stuff here for um, for mamas, for just not all parents, any parent, for anyone who's not even a parent, because I think all of this stuff applies to everyone in terms of staying connected to your sexuality, your freedom, finding that time, whether for intimacy, especially if you're in a long term relationship. So. And yeah, and and obviously, Dana, you're a great example of when you take care of yourself, you can feel alive because listen to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm turned on, goddammit. I feel good. And it's because I I do. I practice what I preach. That's for sure. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, oh, to all of our, having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you here. Well, we and April's not here. All of our listeners, I'm reason why we did this is we wanted this to come out today and I'm in Portland and April is not. So we love you, April. Uh, and hopefully you'll get to meet her someday, Dana. Maybe. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. And I don't think I have yet. Yeah, maybe maybe you have, but you'll, I'm sure you will in the future. Uh, to our listeners, normally April would say something about uh, write us reviews on iTunes. Uh, so write us reviews on iTunes, please. We love five stars. It helps to get the word out. We get more listeners that way. And um, we are also still continuing for the next week or two, uh, some, sharing some trailers of some other sex positive podcasts that we love in case our listeners want to check out other podcasts. Don't abandon us, but just check them out. Um, here, no, what, here's a trailer that I'm going to be playing for you in a moment. It's by Sluts and Scholars. So Sluts and Scholars is a podcast with Nicoletta and Simone. Nicoletta is a licensed MFT and sexologist. And Simone is an actor turned law student who just really loves talking about sex. They're very sex positive. Uh, It's shame-free educational podcast and to help you talk smart and fuck smarter. So without further ado, here's the trailer. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And together, we're Sluts and Scholars. Every Thursday, we drop a new episode and probably your pants. Our guests range from Nina Hartley to exes and Dita Von to sexual trauma therapists. So join us weekly to talk smart and fuck smarter. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.